welcome. Uh, we've been talking about prayer for a couple of weeks, um, and uh, it's been really good. We uh, talked the first week about um, how Jesus instructed us to always be praying. We read a verse, several verses that said, pray continually, or always pray, or be praying always. And uh, we learned a little bit more about what that means, about, you know, that we never finish praying. Our praying is never, we're done, throw that down, and we're finished and walk away. It's a lifetime, it's a lifestyle. Prayer is a lifestyle. And that if, if Jesus needed to pray, then I need to pray. Because we learned how much Jesus prayed. At, at almost every free minute that he got, he was going after some time of interaction with the Father. That he, he spent so much time in prayer. And if Jesus needed to pray, then we need to pray. Amen? Amen. And then last week, we basically broke down the Lord's Prayer. And took it piece by piece and looked at the different instructions that are hidden in there. Um, I'll just run down real quick. The beginning is the greeting of our Father in a very reverent way, and then exalting His name. Uh, and then the very first thing is to pray His kingdom. And we learned about the kingdom and how is important, how much more important the kingdom of God is than than our personal requests. That if we pursue the kingdom, that those lesser important things will be given to us anyway. Amen? And so pursuing His kingdom, and then praying for our needs. And then, of course, not forgetting about forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness. Actually, the, the mandate to forgive so that our faith will work. That forgiveness, unforgiveness is a, a, a blocker to our faith. And then um, uh, praying for protection from an enemy or protection from walking into a temptation. We talked a little bit about that. And then ending up always with thanksgiving and praise. Amen? And so uh, that was a really fun time we had last week learning about that. I want to add one other little thing to that before we dive into tonight's word, and that is, as we are learning to pray, to not ever exalt the prayer or the prayer. In other words, when you see the manifestation of the thing that you're praying for, it comes to pass. Don't look back and say, man, I prayed such a good, powerful prayer. That prayer was so powerful. God couldn't help but you know, meet my need because I prayed so good, right? Do not ever exalt yourself as a prayer. Only exalt the one who answers the prayer. Amen? So I just wanted to add that little word uh, to, to go with what we learned last week. Um, so tonight, I want to get a little bit deeper or talk a little bit more about that one part of the Lord's Prayer that says, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, we're not going to talk about bread tonight, you know. That phrase really means, here's the personal part of my prayer. These are the personal things I need to pray about. 
So we pray his kingdom, but then it's scriptural to pray for our personal needs. And we, we need to be praying for those needs. We should be praying for those things, right? But what is it that we should be praying for ourselves for? What exactly is scriptural to pray for ourselves for? Because, you know, I mean, we don't want to be self-righteous in our prayer. We don't want to be um, stingy and, and out of the will of God with our prayer. Because like I talked about last week, that's blowing hot air, wasting our breath. So with regards to ourselves, what things should we be praying about? What should we be asking for every day? I said every day. <laughs> There's things we should pray for every day. Amen? And people think, you know, I just can't really play, pray more than five minutes. I run out of things to talk about. I run out of things to, to pray about. If you knew what you needed to pray for every day, you would never run out of things to pray for. Right? So let's talk about a few of those. I was uh, kind of praying over this list, trying to come up with what things, Lord, are you instructing us to pray about? And four things just came to my, to, to my thoughts immediately. I thought of four things. But the more I prayed about it, the longer my list got. I kept thinking of more things. Uh, the, the Lord kept revealing more things to me that we should be praying about. And it was really funny that every one of them start with the letter P. And I didn't do that on purpose. I just can't, you know, a couple of things came to my head and, and um, you know, the scripture says that the Lord will bring back to your memory things and all of them start with the letter P. I don't know how that, I mean, okay, we're going to roll with it. It just, that's the way it turned out. So, um, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Things that we should be praying for, for ourselves. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that go into prayer with like an emergency list. Right? They only pray or only really have deep prayer when there's a crisis, when there's an emergency. And that's not mature believer kind of behavior. Right? That, that's, that's baby Christian kind of behavior. And I believe everyone in this room is beyond that stage. Amen? And that's why we're here. That's why you come to dive, so you can become a more mature believer. Amen? And so... A mature believer realizes that his prayer life is where every good thing in his life or her life comes from. Every good thing that comes in your life is a result of your prayer. A mature believer recognizes that. And so all these things I'm about to share with you, they all come through prayer. They all produce in your life because of prayer. Amen? So I'm just going to run through these things that, that um, you know, I've got kind of an organized mind, and I guess that's maybe why they all popped out with the letter P. I don't know. Maybe, maybe my subconscious did that <laughs> on purpose. But you could call these different things, but here we go. In no particular order, either. The first thing, though, that I wanted to point out is... Every day we should be praying for people. People. And then the first thing that I thought of when I said people was, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about praying for my own needs. 
I thought I was making a list of things that I'm praying for myself, my needs. But here's the thing, the Bible instructs us to pray for other people, to pray for others, and therefore we need to do it. And there is, here's the thing, there is benefit to me, because I'm praying for my needs, there is a benefit to me when I pray for others. That's compassion. When you pray for someone else, that's compassion. That compassion team that we're setting up. We need to be praying over that because that's lives of other people. And there's a benefit to me when I pray for other people. Amen? But who is it exactly that we need to be praying for? And why does it benefit me? So I made a list within a list. (laughs) A list within a list. So under people, here's the people that the Bible instructs us to pray for. And we get a benefit from that. So we're, we're, we're praying for our needs by praying for others. Amen? So one person or people that we should be praying for is one another, our neighbors. We should be praying for one another. Jan- and I'm going to throw you guys a bunch of verses tonight. We won't turn to all of them because we'll be turning all night. But you can certainly write all these down. I looked them all up, studied them out. And um, I want you guys to have them so you can look at them later. But the first person we need to be praying for is our neighbors or one another. James 5.16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Pray for one another. Right? The second person or people that you should be praying for is your pastor or pastors. Or your spiritual leaders, the leadership of your church. People in your that have spiritual authority. Amen? Ephesians six, nineteen and twenty. This is Paul asking his congregation to pray for him. It says, And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So Paul is asking the Ephesians church, hey, pray for me. It is scriptural for you guys to pray for Pastor Allen. Right? The third person you should be praying for is the sick. The Word instructs us to pray for the sick. James five fourteen through 15. Is any among you sick? Call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you. And it says, Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. The Lord will make you well. Amen? So we need to be praying for the sick. So in your prayer time, consider in your circle of people who might be sick and pray for them. Amen? The number four person you should be praying for is political leaders or those in authority. 1 Timothy 2.2 Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. It is scriptural. We had 30 days of prayer here and we prayed for 30 days for 
for political leaders and people in authority, our police department, our government officials, right? Pray for those people. That, that's a whole day's worth of prayer right there. For those people that think they can't pray more than five minutes, I bet you can if you pray for just that one per set of people. Amen? The number five group of people you should be praying for is your enemies. Ouch. Pray for your enemies. Matthew 5, 44. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that might be tough. Sometimes. That might be... Um, Take some effort to pray for your enemies. How much blessing will be given back to you? How much favor will be returned to you when you pray for your enemies? I told you there's a blessing for you for being obedient to do this. The number six people or person you should pray for is Jerusalem or Israel. Psalm 122.6 says, Pray for peace in Jerusalem. And there are other verses that instruct God's people to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Right? So every time you hear a report in the news, on the radio, on TV, on your Facebook, on the internet, about what's going on over there, stop and pray for peace of Jerusalem. Because the Bible tells us to do that. Amen? Alright. And then the last one, number seven. People, group you should be praying for. Basically, everyone. Everyone. Because 1 Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. It doesn't say which people. It doesn't say one group or the other group, any nationality, any race, any gender. It just says pray for all of them. Pray for everyone. So if you can't think of who to pray for, just start praying for everybody. <laughs> just pray for everybody. Pray for all people, it says. Alright? So praying for others, what it actually does is puts us in a place of humility. We humble ourselves. And the Bible talks about a blessing that comes from a prayer that's given from a place of humility. Humble ourselves. We pray for our enemies, there's nothing more humbling. It takes a heart of humility to pray for some people. Amen? So that's the benefit that you get. So we're talking about praying for our needs. If we pray for others first, the very first thing it's going to do is put us in a place of humility. Give us a humbleness that we need. Alright, so we're, we're talking about things that we need to be praying for ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not just about bread. What do I need to pray for myself? The second thing, the first thing was people. The second thing is peace. Pray for peace. The peace of God is different from the peace that is outlined in the world. Peace of the world is not what the Bible describes as, as biblical peace. Biblical peace is a lot more than just uh, being absent of a conflict of war. Right? It's more than some 
inner tranquility, right? It means actually completeness or wholeness even in the face of worldly circumstances. Being complete and whole even no matter what's going on, basically. And actually biblical peace is not something that we can create on our own. It's actually a fruit of the Spirit. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So we, we automatically have peace. But there's many of the fruits of the Spirit that are in our lives, but we can pray for those to be magnified, multiplied. Okay? And peace is one of those. Actually, the source of peace, or the beginning of this word peace, is found in Judges 6.24. when the name Yahweh Shalom was introduced. And it means what? The Lord is peace. Yahweh Shalom. It means the Lord is peace. And then Jesus later is called the, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And then there's many, many places in the New Testament where Peter... And Paul or someone else prayed for peace for a group of people. Here's in Romans fifteen thirteen. This is Paul pl- praying a blessing. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. He's praying for peace for, the, for that group of people. Second Thessalonians three sixteen. Paul's praying for the the Thessalonian church. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom, at all times and in all ways and under all circumstances and conditions, whatever comes. That's the Amplified. And then Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I'm going to read it from the Passion. It says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer. Throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. And then, God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Amen? So, no matter what you're facing, what circumstances, what worldly thing is staring you in the face, you can have peace. Pray for peace. Because if you enter into your prayer closet carrying with you the burdens of this world, you are not going to be able to focus on the goodness of God, the promises of God. So pray for peace. As you enter into that place of prayer, pray for peace. Right? The next thing that we can pray for ourselves, we should be praying for every day before we put our feet on the floor, is protection. Pray for protection. From our enemy, spiritual enemy or natural enemy, pray for protection. Pray for protection from accidents, from disaster, from weather. Pray for protection. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Amen? It could include someone trying to hurt you physically, emotionally, 
financially, like robbing you or taking advantage of you. It could mean praying against someone slandering you. Pray for protection against social things. Legally, someone suing you. Pray for protection against legal matters. Pray for protection against spiritual matters. Temptations. Pray protection over your life. Every area of your life. And there are a ton of verses, in particular in Psalm. We'd be here all night to read them all. But here's a couple. Here's what David prayed when he found out that Saul had sent soldiers to come and kill him. Now, he needed a prayer of protection right there, right? And he said, rescue me. This is Psalm 59, 1 and 2. Rescue me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who have come to destroy me. Rescue me from these criminals. Save me from these murderers. I mean, he said it just outright. There was nothing vague about it. Save my life. Right? How about Psalm 91, 10 and 11? Or really just the whole Psalm 91? How about memorize it and get up every day and, and just while you're getting a shower, say it? Right? But here's uh, verse 10 and 11. It says, no evil, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Amen? Here's what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 26, 41. He said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He told them to pray, protect themselves against temptation. This is a form of protection. Here's what Peter said when he was walking on the water. He, he got out of the boat. He started walking toward Jesus. And he actually was walking on the water. But then he began to look around at the waves, right? And he started to sink. And he, it says in Matthew 14, 30, But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Uh, that's a prayer. Save me, Lord, is a prayer. And sometimes the prayer of protection comes in the form of a shout. Sometimes the prayer of protection comes in a split-second moment's notice. Right? We see something coming at us that is meant to harm us. Shout out the name of Jesus. Sometimes a prayer of protection comes in a loud shout. Amen? Hallelujah. Alright, another thing we can pray for, for ourselves, that we need to be praying every day. Provision. Provision. God is our provider. And it is His pleasure. It is His pleasure to give us the things that we need. We're talking about provision. Abraham was the first to call God Jehovah Jireh. 
at the top of the mountain up there where he went to sacrifice Isaac. And right before he came down with the knife to kill Isaac, the Lord stopped him. said, stop. And then he provided a ram for him in the thicket, right? The ram was caught in the bush. And we know that, um, that Jehovah Jireh traditionally means the Lord will provide. And it does mean that. The Lord will provide. But it literally means the Lord sees. The Lord sees. And God literally sees what you need and makes provision for it before you ever know what you need. Because he sees. So Jehovah Jireh actually means, it means the Lord provides, but he provides because he sees. The Lord sees. And God was making a provision for Abraham that day with that ram. Way before he actually needed the ram. Imagine this ram. It could have been days before this ram was just eating over here in this meadow. And he just took an idea, I think I'm going to go this way. The ram. And then he ate over here a little bit, and then the, he decided, you know, I'm just going to go over here in this other direction and go eat. And then he looked inside a thorny bush and said, mm, that looks good in there, and he stuck his head in there. And then he got caught, right? The Lord provided that way before Abraham. It wasn't a suddenly, rams don't just appear out of midair, right? Out of, out of thin air. So God was working that. He saw what Abraham was going to need. Amen? Philippians 4, 6. You guys know this one. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. And then down in verse 19, same, same chapter, Philippians four nineteen. it says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of my needs from his riches, glorious riches. Right? So God sees. And he's ready to provide. We need to pray for provision. Pray out that provision that he has for us. The things that he sees ahead of us. Amen? Alright. Another thing we need to pray for ourselves is prosperity. Uh-oh, I said it. Prosperity. I said prosperity. And now, if you've been at Compass Church for the past couple of months, during our tithe and offering time, we've been talking just nugget by nugget about prosperity. Clearing the air about prosperity and what it really means and how it means way more than just money. It means money, but it means a lot more than that too. Being prosperous, it not only means having wealth, but also health and happiness, long life, right? Being mentally and emotionally sound is being prosperous. Having success means you are prosperous. 
Prosperity is not a bad word. But with regard to money, with regard to our wealth, it's good to ask God for financial blessing. It's scriptural. And that's why we stand up here and pray over this offering every week. We pray a blessing over it. Because we are instructed to pray for prosperity in our lives. Remind the Lord of His promises regarding prosperity. Amen? All right. Another thing for yourself that you can pray for is promotion. Promotion. So this is just a fancy way of saying success or the favor of God. When you pray for promotion, you're praying the favor of God over your life. You remember how Joseph, he continued to pray, for God, pray, pray to God, even when he was a slave, even when he was captured, put into slavery, and through all the things he went through. It didn't look good for him, but he continued to pray to his God, and he received promotion after promotion after promotion. Right? God promoted him to the second commander over the land. Because he was faithful to pray. Amen? Because God showed him favor because of that relationship he had. Right? Remember Daniel and Noah and David. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not stop praying. They would not bow their knee to an idol. They prayed to their God. And because of their faithful faithfulness to pray, God showed favor upon their life. And he will do you may not go to a fiery furnace or the lion's den, but you got your own thing. And if you stay faithful to pray, God will show you favor. He will give you success in things that you endeavor to do. He will give you a promotion, right? Acts 2, Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. And awe or fear came upon every soul, and, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their home, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. They had favor with all people because they were pursuing God. And it says, the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Amen? Pray for promotion. Pray for success. Pray for favor upon your life. Amen? All right. Another thing. You can pray for yourself. Power. Power. Let me explain. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. If you're turning or write that down. Ephesians 3.20. 
It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory, and it goes on and on. I'm going to read it in the New Living. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty work, mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. All right. So you've heard this verse before, right? A lot of people use only the first part of this verse. And they omit the according to the power that worketh in us part. You know, they like the part that says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. And they go, see, God can do anything he wants and he can do even far more than we can ask or think. And then they put a period right there. And they forgot about the other part that says, according to the power at work within us. Because that little part changes the whole meaning. Right? It is not true that God will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, period. You can't take that phrase and put a period there and then expect God to do exceedingly abundantly all we ask or think without us. Right? He has the power, but this verse ties His ability to our working with the power. The power has to work in us. And if there's no power working in us, then there won't be any power of God coming through us. People want God to be powerful and do things and them stand there with their arms crossed like it's a show. That's not how power works. Power works through us. How does that happen? Look at 1 Corinthians one twenty four. It says, Christ is the power of God. Christ is the power of God. Christ in us is how that power works through us. Amen? And then Acts 1.8, it says we receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. Amen? So this power, it's scriptural for us to pray for power, but we got to be willing to let it be working through us. And this power is referring to the operations of God in our lives, including Christ Himself, the power of the Holy Spirit, faith, the Word, love, authority over our enemies, strength. All of these things, God does them, but He works through us because of Jesus in us and the power of the Holy Ghost. Right? And so we need to be praying for God to use us in His power, to work through us with His power. Right? 
Don't forget where the power comes from. All right. Another thing we can pray for, for ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. Praying for ourselves, our needs, the things that we need. Here's another one. Pray for purpose, and I call it purpose or plan. Purpose or plans. We talked a little bit about this last week. Our purpose has to be His purpose. Our plan has to be His plan. Right? And His purpose and His plan for us is always to promote His kingdom. However that looks in your life, but the ultimate plan of God for your life is to promote His kingdom. His kingdom come. And God has a plan for each one of us. He has a plan for your life. But you don't have to fulfill that plan. I said you don't have to. You don't have to. In other words, He's not going to force you to fulfill the plan that He has for you. He's not going to force you to do it. Matter of fact, you can go your whole life and not even know what His plan for your life is. You can live your whole life and not know the plan of God for your life. Right? So we should pray every morning, God, reveal your plan to me. Lead me to the right people at the right place at the right time to fulfill your kingdom through my daily walk. Let me be and do and say exactly what you have called me to do. That should be our our prayer every day. In other words, pray for daily direction. Pray for direction. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. He's got something for you to do. Working out our salvation means just that road that we're on. Doesn't mean we work to get salvation. When we receive salvation, then we got some work to do. That's what it is. Amen? In Proverbs 16.3, it says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything for His own purposes. Plans and purposes. There's a good book, maybe in the library, called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And everybody should read it. Austin says there's one, so y'all go back there and fight over it. Praying for God's purpose and plan, it could include praying for ideas. When you're seeking the plan of God for your life, pray for fresh revelation ideas, inspirations. I mean, you might be the next Shark Tank invention. I mean, someone is going to be. Right? Why not me? Pray for ideas 
and inspirations. God will reveal things to your mind. Right? Give you amazing ideas. Hallelujah. Praying for God's purpose and plan should. I didn't say could or maybe. Praying God's plan and purpose for your life must include praying for wisdom. When you're praying for the plan and the purpose of God in your life, pray for wisdom. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. I mean, that's just as plain as it can get. If you lack wisdom in some area, you're pursuing God's plan and you don't know how to do it. You get a revelation idea, an invention, and you just don't know how to do it. The Word cannot get any plainer than James 1.5. If you lack wisdom, pray, ask God, and He generously gives without even a question. He gives it to you. That's good news. We've got to be intentionally led by the Spirit. We talked for weeks about being led by the Spirit. This is one of those times when you have to be led by the Spirit all day, every day, to fulfill that plan and purpose that God's got for you. Amen? Another thing you can pray for yourself. And this is really the only one that most people pray for every day. All those other ones, those sound good in a message, but they walk out of here and forget about those, and they only remember this one. And that is priorities. What do I mean by priorities? I tell you, I, I had to make this one be a P word, because I you know, had to come up with a P. Priorities means those things that are concerning you right now. The immediately's in your life. I need help now. I need some direction now. If you need healing, that's a priority to you. But that not that may not be a priority to Austin. And so these are very specific priorities in your life. If you need financial supply, that's a priority for you right now. If you need to Restore a relationship, that's a priority for you right now. Pray for the things that are priority in your life. Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Did you know immediate needs can make you anxious? You go in to pray about them and that's, you just are anxious. You, you're, you're hyped up about this, you know, you, this is all you can think about. Your immediate needs can cause you to be anxious, but Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen? Pray for those things that are priority in your life. And I just want to end right here with one of our favorite verses. Can y'all guess what it is? 
Mark 11, 22 through 25. Mark 11, 22 through 25, it says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now stop right there, that's verse 23. Verse 23 is not about prayer. It doesn't say anything about prayer. It says about what you say. Verse 23 is is about what you are commanding and demanding in the Spirit. Not commanding God to do, but demanding of what promise God's already set in place. Hey, you said, God, you said this, so I'm saying to that thing, move. Because you already put the precedent in place. Right? So verse 23 is nothing about prayer. It's about saying. It's about your words. But then verse 24, well, verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever thing ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So now we're talking about prayer. He switches over from saying to praying. Some things you need to just say. You need to just speak to. You need to just make a demand or command in the spirit realm. But then there's other things you need to pray for. And then it goes on to say, when you stand praying, forgive, if you have all against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. we got to know when to say and know when to pray. Right? So, know when to say, know when to pray. Some things just need a command. Like, when you're casting a demon out of someone, there's no praying that's going on. God's already told you to cast demons out in the name of Jesus. You don't have to pray about that. You speak to that thing and it has to go. So there's some things that you say, mountains, and they have to move. There's some things you have to pray. Amen? So we'll talk some more about it. We'll get some more instruction. Amen? You guys good? Can you think of any others? Can you think of any you want to add? I thought of another one, but it's not a a P word. We should pray for boldness to proclaim the gospel. Every day. Every day. We need to pray for boldness to be able to proclaim the gospel to the lost and dying world. Because there are many, many times that you have opportunity and you weenie out. You talk yourself out of it, think you're going to look goofy, you get embarrassed, and it's only by that boldness, and and we can only, I need to find the scripture that goes with that, but only because of the boldness that comes from God are you even able to speak the gospel to someone, right? Can y'all think of any more? Things we need to be praying for every day. I mean, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's in us, but again, 
that that could be a priority for you. If you're in a place of depression and you pray joy over your life every morning, joy comes in the morning. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right. All right. Well, if y'all think of some more, send them to me because I'm making a good list. Because somebody that tells me they can't pray more than five minutes, they need to get my P list right here. I'm going to send them a P list. Amen? Hallelujah. Who wants to pray?